It is time for us at Lockdown Women's Basketball. If you don't know already, you need to. Kiki Jefferson is here. We're going to talk to the JMU star about everything that's happened and everything that's coming. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddall. I thank you for making us your first listen every day. We cover women's basketball six days a week here, of course, Monday through Friday, talking all things women's basketball Saturday, WNBA draft show. Make sure you're tuning in because it is getting to be crunch time when it comes to NCAA, when it comes to the WNBA draft, and you might have heard there's some free agency going on. We'll continue to break that news here and over at thenextoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces about women's basketball every single month. And so I want to talk, I guess, first about sort of what's next before we get into what's ahead with Kiki Jefferson who was gracious enough to join us, the student athlete. So she's coming out of class, coming to talk to us right from the JMU campus. And Kiki, before we get into it, I just need our listeners to understand real briefly about the kind of year you are putting up, which is 18.1 points per game, 43.2% from the field, doing that on four threes per, uh, three attempts per game. You're hitting almost 80% of your free throws. You're grabbing eight boards per game, and yet at 6-1, you are still a facilitator. Just like, you know, if you're putting a checklist together, of what do people look for at the pro level? It's like, oh, it's all of those things. So welcome. Before we get into what's happening right now, let's just talk about, like, your professional aspirations, which I know you have had for a long time. When was the first time where you're like, I want to not just play basketball, but be a professional basketball player? Well, I think as a kid, that's everybody's dream. Um, my my uh, parents instilled in me that, like, whatever you put your mind to, it could happen. And um, I would say not uh, – I would say recently it's it's not only because it's crunch time, but it's more um, visible that, like, I could play in the WNBA come next year or in the future. So it's just what I believe. You say it's what you believe. It's it's hard, though. It's It's hard to – instill that belief in you. And I guess I wonder, you know, I, I've read that your father, Marcus, was somebody who was really a critical part of your basketball development. Is he in your ear saying, if you do this, this is possible? I mean, is that sort of where that comes from? Or is that more internal, you think? Um, he's more of like a coach and um, understands like his father role. And, and he's a dad, I would say, if, if that makes sense. It's more of like, um, not what I have to do, but what I could do to make it to the league. He knows what I'm capable of doing. So if I'm not playing good or how he can prepare me for the next game, it's like, hey, like, let's work on this. Let's work on this, whether we're training or practicing. But it's never forced, like, get 13 rebounds, and I promise you, you'll go round one. It's nothing like that. It's more out of love. No, no, that makes sense. I, as as a father of a basketball player myself, I try to approach it yes. too, for sure. Yes. And so I read about your father having a memory of you playing at age three. 
against bigger, uh, you know, older, older players, boys too. What's your like earliest memory of like, I remember playing ball. I have videos of three, but um, maybe like six or seven playing with like 10 year olds and definitely mm-hmm. at the park. Cause my dad would go there and we would shoot. And then a couple of like boys would come and I'm like, all right, let's, let's play. And they're like, Oh, girl's going to play. But now they're just like, oh yeah, let's throw Kiki in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say like eight or nine. And and you're doing that in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're gonna yes. obviously talk about what Lancaster has meant to you. Um, and it, it, but it, you know clearly this entirely has shaped you as you are getting older, as you're getting bigger, as you're getting involved in the AAU scene. And I know Kiana, your mom is somebody who's very close to you and is a, a big part of your development there as well. What role is she playing? Take me through that, what that experience was like. Um, she, my parents always been my motivation, but she's like my reason. Um, I think in, in anybody's basketball career, just in life, you, you hit bump roads and it's like, is this worth it? Or I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, should I keep going? And, um, when I look at my mom, it's like, all right, she fought this hard. Let me just keep going. This is my reason. This is my motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. So if I had to name my favorite thing about my mom, it would be that she's my reason. She, she's why I do what I do. And I know she's been dealing with, I know it was a cancer diagnosis. I believe it was your senior year of high school, right? It was the first yes. time. And yes. so, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we came on that she's had um, a diagnosis of bone cancer um, here. Can you can you take us through, if you could, just sort of how she's doing, you know, let our listeners know, um, you know, where where her journey is right now. Okay, so um, it was, I don't know the name of the actual cancer that she had when it's senior year, but it was on her sternum. So mm-hmm. she got her sternum removed and a couple of ribs. But right now um, she went through chemo. Uh, the chemo process wasn't that, it wasn't good, so we had to stop it. And then um, she was doing really good in remission. And then um, she was having sharp pains in her um, left collarbone. So then we ended up getting a CAT scan. And then it came back because she had uh, cancer there. So she did radiation. And as far as the radiation right now, it's, it, it went um, well. She should have a checkup coming up soon. But right now, they diagnosed her with uh, bone cancer. Well, I, I know we're, we're all obviously rooting for her. And, Thank and you. all the best, of course. And then I know you've still had the chance to have her be there at games with you. Yes. And you say she's your why. Is, do you have a, a routine pregame? Do you have a, a moment that you kind of take to think about her or see her or just, you know, sort of how do you sort of incorporate that into your pregame routine? Uh, I pray a lot. Um, we have a 30-second prayer, so I pray about her and then um, about the game. And then during the national anthem, you'll see me bow my head, and I'm just praying, just thanking God. And asking for the confidence to have my mom just keep fighting. We don't know what the future holds, but um, I know with God anything is possible. Well, she'll be in my prayers too, Kiki. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. So, so let's talk about your pro game options. Um, you know, you're you're part of a generation that has a choice that you know those who came before you didn't have, right? In terms of. Yes you know, that extra COVID year, have you made a decision or, you know, what, what are, what's going into that thinking? And because obviously, obviously you are building this incredible legacy at JMU at the same time. Um, I, I, 
I put thought into it, but I haven't made a decision, I would say. Um, honestly, I, I really just want a Sunbelt championship with a help my team uh, get one and then make it to the tournament. And then um, if, if what I'm doing right now gets me to a good spot in the draft, then so be it. It's hard not to think about that future. As yes. Well. No, yes. But I don't want to put too much. Um, I wouldn't say pressure, but I don't want to um, overlook the good things that I have right now because I'm, I'm, I'm with a good group. Hello. Yeah, no, we we I lost you very briefly, but I got okay. you back now. So okay. So I don't want to overlook if you want to start it from there. Oh yes, I said I don't want to overlook um what I have right now at JMU, the good group of girls that we have, and just fun to finish out the season. Yeah, and and, and of course there's a legacy there too with yes. Smalls, and yes. you know coming into this program, how much did that play a part? A in you wanting to come play at JMU, and B the way you've kind of shaped what you think this can be for you as JMU as a springboard to the pros? So Kamaya always been like a big session. We both played. Yes. We both played in, um, on the Philadelphia bells, which is like an AAU team in Philly. So she's always been like somebody I know, like I could turn to basketball wise on and off the court. As far as coming to JMU, I wasn't one of those type of, um, players or people to look like, hey, this is what JAMU has. I, I just knew I wanted to go to a school with a right fit. And then it was like, um, hey, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to come here and work hard. And I know, Coach O, like whatever work you put in, you'll get out or you'll get the outcome that you want. So I just came here really with an open mind and just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Well, what has happened has been incredible. And in segment yes. two in a moment after our commercial break, I'm going to get very nerdy, if you'll uh, permit me, and talk That's about fine. some some of your ner- uh, some of your nerdiest stats, which I really enjoy. Before we do that, I do need to let people know that Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by, and I will let people see it as well, by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the only app you need at your Super Bowl party, America's number one sports book, FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features making betting on sports fun and easy. Uh, download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And what's critical for me is that FanDuel has been a partner in women's sports, too. And making sure that we have equality in this space requires not just the coverage that we fight for every day, but equality in all areas of it. It's where revenue comes. It's what helps drive these things long term. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can get paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, a sp- official sports book partner of the NFL. So in terms of what is your legacy here this year, right, I just want to start with this. And, and we talked about it a little bit before we came on here. Your assist percentage is 26.9%. It's elite. It's, it's point guard level. It's pure point guard level. Okay. 
you're doing it at six foot one and you're doing it while having an, a turnover percentage of 11.5%, which is in the upper fifth percentile in the entire country. So where does that court vision come from? How far does it date back? You know, like when did you remember being able to see the plays on the court before they happen and being the one to help produce them? This, this may be um, corny or like funny, but my dad, um, you know, the goggles where it's like, it has like a little cup and you can't look down while you dribble. My yeah. dad has always like, when we're outside dribbling on the street, I would always have those on. I'm like, dad, I don't need these. I don't need these. Or like, he'll always yell at me to keep my head up. But mm -hmm. um, I've learned that a ball is faster than any player. So I know mm -hmm. I can get the rebound and go, but why not give it to my open teammate up there? And then um, as far as like my game now, I've sat down and watched film with a lot of coaches and or a lot of my coaches. And it's like, um, you're getting double teamed or you're getting triple teamed and there's only five people on the court. So if you have two people on you, there has to be somebody open, whether mm -hmm. that's a, a cross court pass or the person right next to you. So it's really, um, I, I know that um, the scout report is try to get the ball out of her hands. Well, if I can set my teammates up, then that's what I'm going to do. Do you enjoy playing that primary playmaking role? And is that something where, you know, you think about not just your value to the team, but also just the joy you get out of basketball, whether that's a place where you are excited, comfortable, enjoy it. Yes. I, I think it's, um, it just shows the work I've put in. And then um, I, I guess I like taking that leadership role. It's obviously working for this team, but to do it at six foot one, I just wonder, were, were you a late growth development physically or you know, what is it that allowed you to develop what are, you know, clearly pro skills and doing it so early? So it's funny because um, growing up, I was a point guard. I was not little, but I was I was the girl playing with the boys. So they just I was bringing the ball up. They didn't want me battling down low with the boys. So mm -hmm. I was bringing the ball up. And then during AAU, I'd play like a three, four guard. But then during high school ball, I would play like a four five and then grab the ball off the rim and go. Right. So it was more of like, I've, I've been athletic. So it was like, okay, she's at, she's an athletic post in high school ball. So why not work with her ball handling wise, but AAU, she's a guard. So let's work with her shot. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but it's just this broad base of pro level skills, right? So you're talking about grabbing and going, well, you're grabbing 22.5% of available defensive rebounds. So again, even though you're able to be a facilitator, you are obviously ending a huge number of possessions and you're able to take them and go. And so that's mm -hmm. number one. But number two, and I mentioned this a little bit off the air, but thanks to uh, CBBanalytics.com, we're able to see what you're doing at the rim. You're already a really strong finisher. You were north of 59% last year. You're at 65.2% at the rim. So you are in a position now where you're able to shoot the ball from everywhere, but you're finishing in such an efficient way. It gives you the chance to plug in at two, three, four, even some small ball five. How, how do you enjoy being that battler at the rim now, no longer being relegated to just point guard in the boys games? And, you know, how much how much do you relish it? Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm grateful and I'm blessed for it because honestly, it's like, how can you guard me? What are you going to do? Take away 
me dribbling down the court. Okay, I'm going to give it up, come off a screen and pull up or get to the rim. And then if you, you try to take that away, I might post you up. So it's really um, what type of defender you're going to uh, put on me. And it's kind of hard for 40 minutes yeah, in a the, basketball game. The correct answer apparently has been nothing works. So which has been delightful to see. <laughs> so, all right. When we think about it in the team context, too, we're talking about a program that made a big jump this year to the Sunbelt Conference. But I want to take you back, if I can, to your freshman year. And you're still in the okay. CFA at this point. And you guys are 25 and four. And you look like you're not just in a position to make the NCAA tournament. You're going to make some noise when you get there. And a few hours before your conference tournament is to begin, we we all saw the world stop. Just take me through what you remember from that day and just how you processed it. What you know, what it was all like. It was we went to pregame mill and they were like, hey, the game is um postponed or um delayed. So we're like, okay. Then they were like, all right, so there's no fans at this game. So we're like, okay. Then they're like, all right, there's literally nobody gonna be at the game but the team, the ref, and the other team, honestly. So we're like, okay. And then they were like, well, the first game got canceled. Mm. And we're like, okay, that means our game's going to get canceled. So we kind of like started getting a feel for it. And then it was like the conference tournament's canceled. So then Coach O was like, hey, like stay positive because with our record, um, we might have automatic bid into the tournament. So we're like staying positive, eating pregame meal. At this point, none of us can eat no more. So we're just excited about what's next. So then we um, go out in the lobby of the hotel and we're, uh, we're watching ESPN and it's like, all right, the tournament's canceled. So then he's like, hey, like, I know you're fit. My, my family literally just pulled into the parking lot to check into the hotel to go to our game. But he's like, um, the season's over. So then he's like, y'all just hang out with your families and we'll keep in contact with you. And then that was like just a smack in the face because, I mean, as a freshman, I knew we were getting a ring. I knew we were making it to the tournament, maybe even making a run. But I didn't really just want it for myself, but like for Smalls, Coop, Jackie, Devin, and just this is and Lexi, uh, the seniors that year, they they deserved it more than I think anybody. So it was just a smack in the face. During that time, you're at home, you're working out, you're working on your game. Is that just is that a lot of conversations though? Because there's there's a loss there. There's a loss of mourning something that you guys had worked so hard for. Like, did you feel like there was a moment that helped you kind of put it in perspective and and get past it? I think really just being with my family because um, being a student athlete, it's hard. You're not really home at all. I know this year we were only home for four days for Christmas. So just being with my family and, and we couldn't really leave the house because like um, we said earlier in the show, my mom was sick. So we didn't really want to leave, be out in public around people. So it was like the bond that my family grew over that year was just nuts. It was like we were, I was getting tired of my siblings, but I was glad I was home. You know, I, I felt loved and cared about there. So it was amazing, but I think um, with that, my, my freshman year basketball team, I think COVID was literally the only thing that could stop us that year, and it, and it did. I didn't think no, there was no team that could stop us, and I guess COVID brought up a team, and they stopped us. The, the, the stats indicate that that is correct. That is the only yes. team that could have. But here you guys are, and, and again, it, it kind of blows me away. You, you jump to a new conference. There's always, almost always, an adjustment period, but you guys – are 16 and five so far this year, you know, in a really strong position. Does, 
when you think about this team, does it, do you think of it in terms of like a chance at redemption as an opportunity to do what that team didn't do? Yes, I think I think the team we have now is special. And I, I think my freshman year was special too, but I think um, we're learning and we, we know that like, we kind of have a chip on our shoulder. I mean, we're, we're in a new conference. We have literally no respect and they don't really know us. And then um, you've seen the rankings, they ranked us six out of a like, we are a powerhouse in the CA. So it's like, again, a smack in the face, but more of like a wake up call. And it, 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 they're waking us up and then the Sun Belt. You certainly are. And, uh, you know, putting yourself in position, obviously, to potentially get to the NCAA tournament. I, I just, from a team perspective, I just love it. You guys are top 30 in the country in rebound rate. And you're not doing it with a lot of size. You're not doing it with, you know, some, some obvious trick. It seems like you're just doing it with hustle and effort. Take me through how much of a point of emphasis the rebounding is for coach and like how you see it happening. Um, sorry, hold on. I'm That's sorry. Okay. Sorry. There's, hold on, there's students walking by. All good, all good. Sorry. No worries. Okay, so rebounding has been um, like it's it's defend, rebound, and run. That's our three uh, key words that he says every game, almost every day, honestly. But it's it's more of like he knows what we're capable of doing. And and if you can see, like if you watch our games, the games that we we're not winning on the boards, it's because we're just turning and hoping, you know, like hoping the ball comes here. We're trying to out jump, but you should really just have to hit a body, which we can all do. But yeah. um. Like I said, it's something he says every day, and it's something we work on. I think yesterday we had a defensive day, and it was all about rebounding and defending the ball. Well, it shows up the obvious. It 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 is an obvious area of strength. So clearly, it's working. You guys are putting in the yes. time to do it. Um, before before I let you go, I, and again, I I, I want to thank you, of course, for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen today, Kiki. I want to thank you for being our guest make sure all of you make your second listen game to game nba every moment every top performance every result locked on on game to game nba covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nba available on the odyssey app youtube wherever you get podcasts NBA is a fine lead to get you from WNBA season to the next WNBA season, in my view. It'll pass the time while we're not watching women's basketball, as near as I can tell. But women's basketball first here, always. And so to that end, you had a chance to go home this year. You had a chance, coach scheduled a game against Millersville. And you're going back to Lancaster and you're getting a chance to do that. Take me through what that felt like who was in the stands and maybe you didn't expect to see obviously family being there. Just what was that night? Like, what was that moment like for you? It felt like um, this, I don't know. Like I feel, I feel loved up here, but it was like, um, like a homecoming. It was like, um, like, like love. Like I, I just, I caught myself smiling sometimes or just thinking about like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop smiling. I was like, ear to ear like it was just like um 
I, I try to be an inspiration to those around me and, and seeing all the little kids that were in the uh, stands or like all the different um, youth teams that were there was like, okay, what I'm doing right now is right. And I, and I may not see it day to day, but um, they see it. And it was just eye opening and, and very humbling, very humbling is the, the, to the, um, the amount of people that came out to the game. It was, it was humbling. Was there, when it was all said and done, just a feeling that took you back to those early days of playing AAU? Were there moments yes. where you could kind of flash back to those feelings too? Yeah, I felt like a little kid when I was walking out there like, Kiki, Kiki, but I felt like my grandmom, she has never seen me play college basketball live and she was able to see me. So um, I want to, I want to, uh, I'm blessed to have her there, but um, I want to just again, 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 say thank you to Coach O for making it happen. And thank you for Millersville uh, for allowing us to um, be able to come and play. But Coach O makes a lot of things happen and I'm, I'm grateful for it, that he made that happen and for him. I, I am uh, grateful for the chance to chat with you. For those of you listening, if you have not had a chance to see the Dukes play, make sure you do. This is a special team. And Kiki Jefferson, what she is doing, should not be missed. Kiki, delighted to get the chance to chat with you. Excited to cover you here and at the next level as well. To our listeners, make sure you tune in again tomorrow. Uh, we will have Neka Agwumake joining us to chat as well. And, of course, we're going to have all the WNBA news, all the women's college basketball news that you could ever want uh, here all the time and also at thenextsoups.com. Until then, I'm Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful Tuesday. Welcome to Wallet. For the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.